The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. I'm Benjamin Shapiro, the executive producer of the MarTech Podcast, and today we've got a special episode for you, which is going to be guest hosted by Doug Bell, who's the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Doug is a veteran CMO with a background in helping growth stage B2B SaaS companies reach their true potential, and I'm thrilled to invite him and some of his friends to take the microphone and share their knowledge with you, our loyal MarTech Podcast listeners. Okay, here's a special episode of the MarTech Podcast, guest hosted by Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. Hello, marketers. My name is Doug Bell from Chief Outsiders, and today we're going to discuss the CMO's role in the age of AI. Joining me today is Amanda Cole, who is the Chief Marketing Officer at Bloomreach, which is a longstanding leader in AI for e-commerce. Bloomreach is known for personalizing the shopping experience through its suite of innovative products, serving over 850 global brands. Yesterday, Amanda and I talked about why CMOs will fail in the age of AI. And today, we're going to continue that discussion. We're going to talk about how CMOs navigate the complexities of digital. Okay, here's my conversation with Amanda Cole, the Chief Marketing Officer at Bloomreach. Amanda, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Glad I didn't scare you off. Not yet. I'm not going to make you talk about the Carolina Panthers. I know you <laughs> live there in Charlotte. Oh, boy. We're not going to do that to anybody. We're not that mean. Okay. So, Amanda, let's talk a little bit about your role as a Chief Marketing Officer. So share a bit about what you do and then how have you navigated the complexity of digital marketing in the past? So what do you do and how have you navigated stuff in the past? Sure. So as a B2B SaaS CMO, I work super closely with our sales team, pipeline generation, demand generation, ensuring that we're positioning for new logos. So inclusive of that is like running our events and customer events and partner marketing and all of those things to actually do demand generation. And then also supporting our customers once they purchase and creating community and ensuring they're connected with each other and finding value and education from the company. And we also were in eight countries. So we have field marketing and paid media and all of those things that are typical in B2B. I also own brand and our brand marketing and how we actually position at a bigger level. We got to do some Uber car wraps, which was a lot of fun. So now I can say I do that. I think that's the only thing my kids thought was cool. So the whole gamut, um, working very closely with our internal teams end to end, and also developing and owning our go-to-market strategy. So our product marketing function defines who our customers, our ideal personas are, 
And we do a ton of interviews. We talked about on our, our last episode, win loss, and that's a huge source of intelligence for us on our customers and the market in general. And then we feed that intelligence into the rest of the company. And sometimes they listen to us, sometimes they don't. You talked a little bit about supporting customers. If you are at a board call and your AR number is great, but your NRR number is not, are you okay? No, and nor should we be. If we're keeping customers but not growing customers, that's as much of a marketing problem as anything else. True SaaS CMO, everybody. All right. So <laughs> how is the how has the landscape for digital marketing evolved over the years in your experience? And what are some of the transformations you've observed? I think B2B has been pretty slow to evolve. I think it's still very much the race of the applications. And I'm going to keep finding an application if whatever my CRM is, hopefully it already has a direct WYSIWYG login integration to that CRM. So I don't need to get my developers involved to help me. I'm going to try that for a year. It didn't do exactly what I wanted, but luckily there's 25 other ones on the G2 crowd report that I can go try. And that's a little bit of the process in B2B. The ease of access and the subscription usage certainly has helped us. The PLG motion and the accessibility of trying technology has made it a lot easier. But I believe, at least in the circles that I'm talking to, we're exhausted of the team saying like, this tool is going to fix this issue or this tool is going to work. B2B marketers have gotten a lot better at Instagram and Facebook and overall ad and performance targeting. So there's certainly an increase in cost and expense to go after a target audience and try to convert them through ad channels. And again, very similar journey where you convert, you try it. It doesn't do exactly what you wanted because you didn't really have a strategy for it to begin with. So you try the next thing. On the B2C side, it's an explosion of channels where technology, yes, is similar as it is on the B2B side, really this explosion of channels. Like how do you use Snapchat, TikTok, Instagram, X? How do you then do advertising? And are they going to cancel cookies? Or are they not going to cancel cookies? And then TikTok shop. I mean, we see these tools come up like Amazon Marketplace and TikTok shop are competing for your own e-commerce website now. So it's just a super fast evolving landscape that we as CMOs have to stay on top of and build a strategy around constantly. And it's exhausting. It's a lot. Of, and it's you're bridging between B2B to B2C. Most of us are lucky enough not just to need to concentrate on one area over the other. That's a lot to handle. So I want to sort of understand a couple other things here as well. The first is, and I'm going to ask you for surprises. I mean, I'm going to ask you for surprises on the B2B side and the B2C. This is not, I expected a uh, Tesla under the tree type surprise. Things that sort of occurred over the last several years, you're like, I did not expect that. So let's start with B2B. What were some of the digital, let's say, channels that popped up for you that surprised you? Or was it feeling pretty steady for the last few years? It has felt pretty steady, but I will say I am surprised at the number of B2B companies that have done a good job picking up Instagram ads. B2B has been a lot slower to, and maybe that's not a technology or digital landscape answer. And it is the much newer technology company. So it is these more Gen AI, these younger, maybe it's something tied to the innovation or maybe the age of the founders. I'm not entirely sure, but they, even in the last year, have done a much better job adopting and implementing Instagram ads. than I think we've historically seen in, in B2B. And in B2B, it's definitely been the marketplaces. I think we're seeing an explosion of these digital marketplaces like TikTok Shop that are creating entirely new checkout experiences for consumers in the world that they live in. And it's moving more and more and more towards intersecting the consumer where they are without requiring them to leave the platform. And I think we'll continue to see that just grow tremendously. I can see how on a platform sales like TikTok would drive a lot of very virtuous behavior for B2B marketers. I mean, thinking again about the unit economics there, I'm sure it's much faster, much easier to predict and lower cost. 
A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then, and instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. And then you mentioned Instagram. I am surprised. I agree. I, I feel like I see quite a bit of good, competent B2B advertising, brand awareness advertising, all the way through to some degree to problem capture happening on Instagram and Facebook. On some level, I've got to believe it's just still so much cheaper to interact with your audiences on Facebook and their properties, which is probably why we're seeing people more active there. Good luck in LinkedIn. CPAs in the hundreds. Thousands. Yeah, thousands in some <laughs> cases. So I can see how Facebook would evolve. I'm going to throw a small curveball at you because you mentioned it earlier in an earlier conversation when we were getting ready for this episode, Amanda. But you mentioned G2. You talked about marketplaces within the walled gardens of, say, Instagram or others like TikTok. I'm curious, what's your experience with G2? Have you seen anything that has surprised you in terms of the amount of engagement you're getting from the platform? Are you seeing it being more active? Has anything changed there? And I ask this because I'm hearing this a lot from other CMOs. G2 is really popping up on their radar more than it has in the past. I think what is so fantastic about what they've done is that it is a unbiased filter of customer feedback. I'll just say the traditional analyst processes have a very clear process and it's well-documented and defined and you understand what the technology capabilities are and how they compare to each other from a feature perspective. But what G2 captures is this sentiment, this like, how much do customers actually like using or interacting or engaging with this technology? And that's a really big deal because when you think about, yes, it's got features and it fits a specific need, but if the technology isn't easy enough or fun enough to adopt, then when the person that brought it in leaves, what the hell am I going to do? Because if it's not fun to use and the advocate is gone, how am I going to convince anybody else to use this? And then what I'm looking at is, yes, a rip and replace and start over with a credit card and a PLG motion from an Instagram ad. <laughs> I have to say, it feels like you have either the luxury or the great pain of having different product motions with your organization, with your company. It feels like there's some PLG in there that you're managing. It feels like you've got traditional enterprise sales cycles that are happening, maybe some of the S&B and mid markets. So you are somebody who's got to be pretty expert in understanding how to manage digital across those channels. Is any one area PLG versus, say, classic B2C versus B2B 
Is there any one area more difficult? And is there one area for you that you would point to as saying, sort of scary what's going to happen next? Yeah, I mean, they're all their own level of difficult, for sure. I think the key to either is speed to action. And obviously, when you're automating on the PLG side, from a purely technology perspective, speed to action is easier because you're not waiting for some kind of human interaction to occur. But the likelihood of you doing it correctly and building out every workload for every scenario that you possibly could need is where a lot of the limitations are on the PLG side. And the onboarding experience and the training experience and kind of that handholding isn't there. So the relationship building to keep the customer long-term, which we see particularly on the PLG side, when you look at GRR and NRR, even those companies a lot of times struggle because they haven't done a really, really good job with that, keeping the customer, educating them and building a an emotional relationship in which they become invested in the brand. On the enterprise sales side, there's humans involved. <laughs> so there's all kinds of problems. But again, the goal is the same. What's the fastest I can get someone to communicate with this person who's raising their hand or who's engaging with us as a brand and how do I create, you know, a really great experience for them? So Amanda, we have talked a bit today and a little bit in our episode yesterday about how marketing sort of threw an app at everything, right? There's an app for that. And it turned into what I'll call Frankenstack. You talked about needing to be ruthless, both from a channel evaluation standpoint, but also in terms of the applications you have in your RevTech stack. So with all the choices you have and all the things that are probably in your stack, how do you decide what's right for that stack mix? I mean, I can only speak to this because I've done all the things wrong. Uh, and so I'm more telling you the lessons that I've learned than anything else. I love technology and I will be the first one to try any piece of software. We talked about this in the last episode, be really, really ruthless in the things that you want to try because they're always distractions. They always give a promise, but that promise takes a lot of time and strategy and effort to really unlock. So if you have a problem, if you've identified a genuine problem in your organization, start with trying to solve it with technology. Do not start with a human answer. See if there is technology that solves it first and be very intentional about what solve looks like. What does winning look like? And how is this technology? What is my strategy for the use of this technology? And how is this technology going to be more than the individual who's implementing it? How does it become something that my team uses and it becomes part of our, our day to day? If that tool can't meet that bar and it's more than $100 a month, probably don't do it. This episode's going to get published early 2024. In fact, it might be the first MarTech episode that somebody's going to listen to in the new year. Oof. So welcome to 2024. I hope it's worth it. <laughs> okay, that's my questions. First question is, are you adding or subtracting next year in terms of your tech stack? Both. Both. Okay. Back to the answer before. You're going to be ruthless about what you have and you're going to lean into technology to select and fill gaps as opposed to people. That's right. Okay. Second question for you is, and we're going to wrap up our episode on this one. How are you feeling about 2024? Here we are in 2024. Are you in investment and growth mode or are you still in adjustment mode as a CMO? Absolutely in investment and growth mode. I say every December, obviously we hopefully are, are into January at this point, but every December I say that next year's our year. And that's what I'm telling my team. Next year's our year. And I believe it. We're going to do everything we can to make that true, but absolutely investment and growth. That is what I do as a CMO, and I hope to continue doing that for a long time. Love having CMOs in the show. We are the best, aren't we, Amanda? We are. <laughs> Hard to match it and humble, too. Hardest jobs out there. CEOs, you're listening in. We have the hardest jobs out there. All right. Fantastic. Really enjoyed the conversation, Amanda. Thanks for joining us. Same. Thanks for having me. Okay. That wraps up this CMO gossip episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Amanda Cole from Bloom Reach for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Amanda, you can find a link to her LinkedIn profile in her show notes. 
You can also contact her on Twitter where her handle is at Amanda, G-E-L-A-M, or visit her company website at bloomreach.com. Okay, that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to our guest host, Doug Bell, the CMO of Chief Outsiders. If you'd like to get in touch with Doug, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes, or you can contact him on Twitter, where his handle is MarketAdvocate. Or you could just visit his website, which is ChiefOutsiders.com. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter and you can even apply to be the next guest speaker on the MarTech Podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly on LinkedIn. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.